Hard shell tacos. 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 Do you guys ever get solicitations for like charity stuff in the mail? Always. Always. Yeah, me too. Not so much anymore. Not since I moved. I got one earlier this week. It's from, I don't know, it's like this right wing evangelical Christian zionist apocalypse type type of people and they were asking oh, me for money <laughs> like look that's oh, first no. of all no but your uh your return envelope is uh, already paid for, well it's you'll pay for it so i'm just gonna send it anyway <laughs> i'm not gonna give you anything but you're gonna pay for this postage it's my small bit of revenge <laughs> i also write mean things on the papers that they have like god palestinians are human garbage no okay that's not a nice thing to say i don't think jesus would approve sure i'm like don't get me started on that right now i'm so pissed because of what's happening right now like don't get me started please don't get me started on that (laughs) yeah that's but that's uh that's my small small revenge i got one from uh fucking what's uh don don jr he sent me some shit so I wrote him back telling oh him I think he's an idiot and they're paying nice. for it that make that's I'm, I'm gonna build the letter and the Trumps are gonna pay for it a <laughs> uh, nice. little bit of a uh, little cold open for you all there all right let's do the thing <laughs> that we do this is hard shell tacos my name is Leo I'm joined by my cousin Lily and there is a, a scent of someone new in the room who do we have joining uh-huh. us today uh, hey guys, my name is Dustin. Ooh, Dustin. All right, so the basis of today, it's kind of going to be a rehash of our like creative process, one that we did a few weeks ago. And uh, Dustin enjoyed that one so much that he wanted to come on and have a chat about it as well. So yeah. let's jump right into it. I tried to find the same questions, but they're kind of, some of them are kind of different. Uh, sure. But so like just to, I guess, to lay the groundwork, um, what is your passion, like your artistic, your creative outlet? Uh, do you feel that it chose you or did you choose it? How did that come out, come about? As far as music goes, music, I feel like uh, it was kind of a little bit of both. Art, I definitely feel like it cho- I chose that. I had to work a lot harder at getting okay at art before I got okay at music. Art like a uh, painting or... <laughs> Uh, I drawing. Drawing. Oof. I, I one time... That's the one thing I can't do. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, this one time in fucking third grade, I drew a dolphin once. And it was <laughs> it was actually really good for a third grader. And I have not drawn anything good ever since. <laughs> I peaked in third grade. <laughs> uh, all right, so you... Oh, you chose it. Why? Why did you keep going with it if if it didn't? Um, if it was a little bit more, it took a little bit more effort. I think it was the challenge. I think it was the the challenge of of taking something that I'm not very particularly good at and improving at it. Yeah, Lily, you were mentioning that you're working on something with strings. So like a. Oh yes, I got a what the hell did I say I got for Christmas? A liar was it? A liar harp. Yes. I um I was trying to tune it the other day and I already broke a string, so I got (laughs) a string. I 
I tightened it too tight. <laughs> and it already, and then, like, oh, no. I was like tightening it and trying to like tune it. And then it just like snapped and it fucking hurt my finger. Um, so now I got to figure out how to put a new string on it and go through the whole fucking process. Um, yeah. I haven't touched it since that incident like two weeks ago or something. Would you say that being like handy around the house with like home improvement projects, is that kind of an art form in a way or is that just more yes. like practicality? I would say so. I'm going to say yeah. it's an art form. All right. So I wanted to bring DIY up... is not for everyone. Uh, yeah, exactly. Why? I was, uh, I had, I sustained a very grievous injury the other day as I was, I got a new ladder that uh, folds in a really weird way. And okay. being a fucking idiot, I, it ended up dropping. It, I didn't lock the, the fold, so then it dropped and it clipped my finger. Way to go. Yeah, oh, I know. I'm really good at At least this. you weren't standing Way on what happened. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I was, once I put it up for the first time to go up it, I was very careful with making sure that it was steady <laughs> and everything. Uh, okay. In regards, I think we can, this is kind of a two-part question. I think so, anyway. When it comes to getting like the creative process going to get your your creative neurons firing, is it different? Like, for, let's take your um, your drawing for example, where where that one was takes a little bit more effort or took a bit more effort to get become proficient at it versus music, which came a little bit more naturally. Do those processes right. seem di are they different? Oh, they are wildly different. Um... As far as music, I create best when I'm when I've got some kind of like really intense emotion going on, like either like intense hurt or happiness or pain or or anger or whatever. Uh, whereas drawing, I cannot. If I'm if I'm super emotional, like I have to be super even keeled to draw. It, would that be like your hands getting a little jittery, maybe? Yeah, like yeah. my hands getting jittery or sweaty or like sweating on my paper or stuff like that. Uh, I think um, we kind of talked about this on the last the last time about, and I think this might have it something to do with it being more innate or you know more natural to you because like for me right I write, and whenever I have intense emotions, I don't want to do anything else. That is like, that's like the only way I know how to channel that that frustrated energy or anger or whatever the case may be. If I were to like try I totally to, get that. if I tried to unfold my ladder, I'd probably lose a finger in that case. But <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. And of uh, course, that just makes the emotions worse. Yeah, <laughs> but then I don't have any <laughs> fingers to write with. Um, no. <laughs> Lily, how do you feel? How did you feel when you picked up your your harp and you wanted to tune it? Like when you picked it up for the first time. I mean, I was excited to like start, you know, messing around with it um, and like playing a tune on it. But <laughs> um, yeah, that like the urge to want to play it just left when I tuned it. I was like, I don't want to do this <laughs> anymore. I got mad at myself uh, for ruining, you know, already. Uh, I think um, that's a little bit too hyperbolic. I wouldn't say ruined. Uh, think of it as a folding ladder. But yeah, that's that's your uh... true. I'll eventually um, get back on it, uh, but for now I don't touch it. So you've mentioned that stringed instruments were your like your crux. Yeah, yeah. 
Like I like last year I got a ukulele, you know, because I've always wanted to learn guitar, but it's just like it hurts my wrist, it hurts my fingers. Um, I can play it, I just don't play it a normal way. <laughs> and I've I looked at a harp and I'm like, this looks like it's a lot easier to learn how to play. I mean, any instrument to me is easy to learn how to play because I know all the notes and I know what song I want to play when I play whatever. Um, so I got the harp and um, I am determined to learn a stringed instrument at some point this in my lifetime. So this is like you're drawing, you're challenging yourself to do something? Yes. Oh shit, there's this harp lady on uh, Instagram I need to send you. Sorry, I'm having Alright, well, while she sorts that out, um, Dustin, uh, I think yes. I, I'm going to keep asking these, and they're going to be like two parts. One for Sweet. drawing, since it's a little bit more difficult, uh, and you need to be more sure. even-keeled, as you said, versus music, which is sure. not. It, that can run on pure emotion. So, do you have any artists that you that you like or follow or that inspire you? Or, I don't want to use say emulate, but at the same time, I do. Um, as far as drawing, not really. Um, if I had to choose, it's it's more like a genre. I I prefer like a black and black and white pen and ink or digital. Um, as far as music, I'm kind of all over the map. I mean, my thing lately has been trying to challenge myself to go out of my comfort zone and not fall back into what I'm what I'm usually play. Or right. Um, so, like, normally I would fall back to blues, just because that's kind of where I started with guitar. Yeah. And um, and I've been really, like, the last probably year, I've been really pushing myself to not play blues and to force myself into playing other genres. What have you been branching into the most? The last project I did, I mean, I've got, I've got my, I've got a lot of irons in the fire right now. <laughs> I've got a like the I have a couple of different solo projects I'm working on right now. Like one's just instrumental stuff. I have another one that's actually with lyrics. Um, the instrumental stuff has been kind of all over the place. Like I did, I did a bunch of stuff that was like would probably be considered more lo-fi. Uh, I did a bunch of stuff that's just like instrumental rock. Post-rock. Um, that's a yeah. It's one of my favorite genres for sure. Yeah, I've been doing that. Um, as far as artists musically, um, blues Stevie Ray Vaughan is my Enjoy. go-to. Um, He's a Texas staple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I actually just finished building a guitar that's modeled after his. But um, but uh, as far as rock, that's such a broad genre, man. Um, yeah. Like classic rock, Zeppelin. Um, probably more of a probably more of a Stones fan than a Beatles fan. Yeah, um, no judgments here. I'm not too keen on the Beatles myself. <laughs> the Beatles, I'm like, I'm like really picky and choosy with what, what stuff by the Beatles that I like. I don't like a lot of the more psychedelic stuff. I like mine. It's kind of more the, the older, like poppy stuff, like early rock, yeah, almost, they're, they're... almost Brit beat music. When they were up, when they were a pop boy band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the that's the Beatles stuff I like. I don't really like the you know one like the Sgt. Pepper's era, stuff like that. 
<laughs> Did you see that Yellow Submarine movie? That was a fucking trip. I have seen about half of it, and I was like, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> that's about how I. That's about how I got to it as well. I, I, I don't even know if I made it halfway. That thing was a trip, and I was not prepared. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's how I was with the Midnight Gospel as well on Netflix. That uh, that show is crazy. It's a. Uh, are you familiar with that uh, that comic Duncan Trussell? No. Oh, okay. Um, well, um, it's a. Uh, the premise of the show is it's supposed to be like uh, like Duncan Trussell's hosting a podcast that takes place in different dimensions. And he has like a machine. It's a it's a cartoon. He has a machine that he can uh, travel to all kinds of weird different dimensions and interview a person of interest there. And um, it's really weird because it's super calm, like really deep on the audio side, but on the video side, like the visual side, it's like really vivid, like acid trip cartoon. It's so hard to watch because like yeah. they're so opposite. I'm first my head is just is screaming Rick and Morty meets Space Ghost. Kinda, yeah. It's really similar. Oh my god, Space Ghost. <laughs> yeah, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, man. Remember I, Space Ghost? Yes. I, I I don't know why. I didn't really understand it when I was at, at that age when I was watching it, but I watched it anyway. It was just enraptured. I was enthralled by it. I had to I couldn't turn away. I remember me, you, and your sister used to watch that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's something weird about that is at the time, I, uh, a lot of my schoolmates, my classmates, they all liked Dragon Ball Z. And for the life okay. of me, I didn't get it. I really tried. I remember, Lily, once you told me, like, why the fuck are you watching it if you don't like it? Because my all of my friends yeah. watch this. I don't know what else. To yes. Do. I never understand <laughs> what they're talking about. I just want to know what they what they're talking about. And I couldn't. Oh and I couldn't. God. Couldn't go on with it. Yeah. And I ended up watching Space Ghost instead. Good old Space nice. Ghost. <laughs> There's like one episode that sticks out in my mind, and I remember. I think me, you, and your sister are watching it. They were doing like a fundraiser for pennies or something. <laughs> I don't, do you remember? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. That episode always sticks out in my mind whenever I think of uh, Space Ghost because they had like Brack and the fucking Frank Mantis guy. But that episode is like ingrained in my brain and I always think about it and, and I always remember you and your sister and I were like cracking up over it. <laughs> Can we actually call them? No, right? we can't fucking call them. It's a cartoon. <laughs> God. Oh goodness. <clears throat> um, I think we can kick. Uh, all right. So this is gonna be like an easy. Right I'm sorry. I'm gonna find that episode right now, and I'll send it to you. <laughs> so, uh, I think this. It might seem like an easy question. It did to me on the surface, but let's see what you think. Do you think that creativity sure. involves putting your heart and soul into your work, or is it more like letting your mind flow and sort of mildly guiding whatever you're doing? It really kind of depends. Um, A lot of our answers here like are like letting... that. <laughs> They're always yeah. like that. 
Yeah, like I, I'd probably say it's more, as far as drawing goes, I mean, I usually pretty much know what I'm gonna do and I, I go into anything like with kind of an idea. I don't really do a lot of free form, like just free expression drawing. Uh, whereas with music, it's kind of, I just, there's times where I go in knowing what I want to do. There's times when I, there's times when I approach it as, um, as far as just like a, just stream of consciousness. Okay, so as far as like musical stuff goes, the only thing I can do is vocals. So like stream of consciousness into a, into an instrument is, that's kind of a foreign idea to me. I'm trying to. Even when I was like I when I learned how to play the piano, I never got good enough to learn like composition or anything. So uh, I'm I'm trying I'm having trouble like how do you translate stream of consciousness into an instrument? Um, I think it's because my hand like subconsciously I know where my hands have to be to make a certain sound, right. and it's kind of just um just kind of letting my hands letting my hands go and not thinking about what i'm playing uh, where just kind of where they want letting to go, it go next so sort of, sort mm -hmm. of, yeah okay yeah so it's a bit of both hmm. it's a little um yeah, it's, it's a little different with writing just because you kind of have to think about your word choice a lot oh sure so it's uh can't uh i i want to say as i i found a, an old journal and I was uh, getting the pages uh, put put onto a bigger medium and I was reading them like wow this is when I sucked so these are just not very good but that I, I guess that might be more of a letting my mind just flow because I'm saying stuff but it's not structured the way it's supposed to be or the way that I sure. want it to be huh. do you find it do you find it easier or more uh, I don't know if cathartic is the right word but um therapeutic I guess to, to write pen and paper or do you do better typing uh, for when it comes to doing something that's a therapeutic outlet it's pen and paper for sure uh, I have a lot of fountain pens and pa paper the details of which would bore the shit out of anyone uh, there's, I have a typewriter that's where I like if I want to write a story I write it on my typewriter I try. I work in IT, so I try to get as away from a computer as much as I can. Same. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. I don't want to just. My my work desk is two feet away from me. I don't want to just roll from that one to this one, and continue doing oh, yeah. what I was already doing. Sure. I actually had to set up uh, two separate desks: one for one for music and one for work, just so uh, so it doesn't. It doesn't feel like music's becoming a job. I have a... My current setup is... A, I have a window, which my... This desk... I guess my where my personal PC is at... A little bit more... Uh, recreational... Is at the window to my left. On the wall is my work desk to my right. Against the wall is my writing desk. Oh, nice. Yeah, so kind of the same thing. I had to... Yeah. Mine's um, like in my apartment, like the uh, dining room area is like where my kind of office area is, where I uh, where I have my work desk set up. It's also where I do like my gaming setup. And then um, my recording desk is actually set up where my TV would go, and I have my TV set up as a as a third monitor up on the wall. Yes, that's nice. That's good. <clears throat> 
Uh, hold on a second. All right. Um, do you? What part of your, you know, creative products do you share? How what the like? How much of it do you share? As far as music goes, like anything I write and record, I typically share. Um, whether that's sending it to a couple of people or whether that's publishing it, um, I'll do either. Um, drawing, I'm a little bit more guarded with, which is weird because you would think the emotional stuff I'd be a lot more guarded about. But uh, <laughs> for my drawing, it's like, I don't know if it's I'm too more self-conscious about it or kind of what's going on there. But I feel more, I feel more self-conscious about sharing art with people than I do sharing music. My thinking is that it's a confidence factor. Maybe, Maybe. you're not as confident in your drawing, but I have the this the flipped problem. Like I can, I write short stories as well. I know they're not very good, but I I love sharing those. Just they feel like they're more exciting. I don't want to share any poetry that I've written because it's very personal. Oh sure. And it's I don't know. It's not embarrassment uh, about the subject matter. I don't. It's just like. I'm trying really hard to make uh, to put my emotions into an like an artsy way, uh, artsy form, I guess. And it, I it would really hurt if somebody said, "Look, this is a shitty poem. You suck, man." Right. I'm really trying. Right. I I think I would have a really hard time sharing something that I wrote. Like, say, if I like wrote lyrics for a song that I hadn't written the instrumentals for yet. But I have a really hard time sharing that with somebody. I think it's just because it is so personal, and there's, and the the instrumentals almost act like a, uh, they almost act like a buffer or like a shield. Like, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is like, how does the adding the the instruments to it change your feeling on it? it so it's like it's like a suit of armor. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever collab with anyone? Uh, I have I have a one project that I have going right now is a collaboration with a buddy of mine from that I've known since mid since middle school. It's a more of like a like metal most hardcore type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got that that I've collabed with. Um, trying to get a couple other people to collaborate too. Um, one of the guys that I work with is an absolutely phenomenal guitar player, and uh. I'd love to. I'd love to get him on a couple of tracks, play some some lead stuff. But I don't do a ton of collaboration. I'd like to do more though. Oh, so in this regard, how does sharing lyrics work? In that sense, if you're, if it's something that's intensely personal, and you're more guarded about it. <clears throat> um, there's some like um the way that the way it's kind of evolved is we both kind of share in the writing. The writing duties and and uh, kind of whoever writes the lyrics writes the lyrics and writes most of the instrumental like the skeleton of the song kind of has a little bit more say as to what goes on with that song but um a lot of the times i'll um, i'll just take what we're what we're writing on and i'll um, i'll learn both my guitar parts and my friends and record everything myself and just put lyrics to it uh so you okay so you put it on later yeah, yeah. I, I very rarely write the music and the lyrics at the same time. I usually it's either one or one or the other comes fairly far before. 
I don't know. I never checked into this, but I, I heard back in the day that the dude from Creed, when he was with his writing, he would write music lyrics like structured as music, and he had like a notebook full of it. Do you have something like that? Just like lyrics that you can kind of pull um, out, like does this match the song or something? Not really. Um, I usually, it's very they're very few and far between that I I just like have lyrics pop into my head that I'm like I have to write this down right now. But um, it's much more common for me to have a whole stable of of instrumentals to pull from when I when I do get that inspiration. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that would make sense. Um, okay, so this question that they have, how do you manage to stay both personal and original in what you do? Uh, it sounds pretty straightforward. It just seems to be a product of how you make it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As far as, I think it's a lot more challenging for me to be original and just different. Uh, as far as the music side, the music side goes, just because there's there's only so many ways to play the same chords, you know, or the same style of music and still have it be true to that style. The best way I've found is, is by blending those styles. Uh, what's an example of that? that, you, that um, like saying, uh, like I want to do, I'd probably like one of the last ones I did was, um, one of the last instrumentals that I did trying to say original was like, um, like taking a, like a song or a, like a guitar riff that I like and figuring out how to incorporate that into a different style of music. So like, um, like so for example, like taking, um, like taking a blues guitar riff and putting it over like a Latin, a Latin song or something. Right. Huh. Cause I'm still feeling both of the, both the, I'd still be feeling both the Latin song and the blues stuff, but just putting them together. So it sounds like something else that nobody does or not very many people do. Are, is keeping your work personal and original kind of mutually inclusive or can you do one without the other? I'm not sure if, I, if you can. Um, I think I could because I, I mean, I've, I've definitely been able to go in and like have some, like say if I'm wanting to write something about a specific topic, I can usually churn out acceptable lyrics. I just don't feel like it's my best work. Hey Lily, are you still alive? Yes, I am. I found the episode. <laughs> Excellent. It's on Apple TV, but it's the episode is called Telethon. All right, Lily, this question's for you. How do you, how are you going to keep yourself motivated and interested in working with a harp? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I just got to do it because you know, having ADHD, you get bored of things very quickly. So, I'm always trying to find the next dopamine fix um but the thing that's just gonna get me interested in it is if i actually start playing it and then i'll get inspiration and come up with something do you ever find yourself unable to express your creativity to the fullest and what kind of things inhibit you if so is that for me or lily uh you first i guess oh, okay <laughs> Probably the biggest things are like when I'm, when I'm just not feeling it. Like I'm, like I'm just not feeling like being creative. Like there's some times where I'm just like, you know what? I just want to go lay down and not. <laughs> I want to just go curl up in bed and not think about the world for a couple days. 
that's usually the biggest thing that stifles me. Uh, have you ever found yourself uh, kind of censoring what you do because you feel put like you're being too, uh, I guess, expressive or being too forward with what you're putting Definitely. in? Definitely. Definitely. I think it depends on the project too. Um, like there's some stuff where I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I don't want to have the world reading that or the world listening to that. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, I think I'm a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, for the most part now, um, there are definitely times though where, where there's something where I'm like, Ugh. how do you overcome that? Any of those, um, uh, obstacles, I guess. I think it's just forcing myself to do it. Just like, no, just do it. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. It's gonna be tough now, but you'll be glad you did later. Uh, and usually, I am. Uh, well, I have that same problem with folding laundry, but I never do it. <laughs> I tell myself, a totally different animal. <laughs> I tell myself every day. I'm like, yep, today's the day we're gonna do it. <sighs> no, but it never happens. Oh man. It's like, you're going to live right there in the clean hamper. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had a problem. I, it's just been a problem of being too literal, which is what I'm trying to get away from. I'm trying to, I guess, be more like artsy-fartsy with it. And use, oh, okay. Create imagery that describes what I'm talking about, but not directly. BRB, I gotta switch to um, headphones because my mic's not working properly. Has rejection ever affected your creative process? Um, not really. Uh, just because I don't know if it's just because the people that I happen to show my stuff to are like usually are not super inclined, so it's more impressive. They're more like, "Whoa, you did that." Um. I'm definitely more self-conscious about showing it to like other musicians. <laughs> yeah, who might be like, Dude, "You just suck." Yeah, that's one of the few but, um... times that I shared any writing was I, I didn't know that a like a literature major was in the room. Oh no! Fantastic. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Just please don't judge my commas. <laughs> <laughs> Then it comes to that. That would be the fight of: Do you use the Oxford comma or no? <laughs> Always use the Oxford comma. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You're, sep you're separating thoughts. <laughs> the or Oxford items, commas whatever. are required. Uh, maybe if we give it a, an American university or location, like the Harvard comma. Wait, <laughs> Harvard's in uh, not in good graces, public graces right now. It's a Stanford comma. <laughs> Stanford comma. That's that's what it is. Okay, I think I'm okay now. What what was the last thing that you made uh, as far as music? I just finished doing a cover of Thrice's "Digging My Own Grave," that I I tried to say relatively faithful to the original, but I I put it in a different time, again a different timing. So instead of being in like a straightforward like four four time like you'd hear like most like country music or acoustic pop i put it in 12 8 so it's over like a so it's just a different feel what so then what was the the inspiration to give it that different why why that song why change the time signature that particular song it was because i was trying to learn it on piano and it was 
and was kind of drifting that way, it was easier for me to play it in triplets rather than playing in eighth notes. That particular, that particular one. <laughs> okay, so then let's. Uh, it, has there been uh, anything you created, even if it's a cover that you kind of jazzed up, pun not intended? <laughs> was there anything that you had to learn, like an extra skill you had to pick up? Um, I've been working a lot on piano, just because it's ne it's never been my main instrument. I learned where all the keys were from playing xylophone and marimba and, and vibraphone in high school, like in concert percussion. But I never had the coordination to put both hands together. So the last couple songs I've done, I've been really focusing on actually playing the piano part and not like separating my right and left hands. Lily, is that what you struggle with with string stuff? Is having to work what both mean? hands? No, I have no issue with that. I struggle with that in piano because I taught myself. Like, if I play the piano, I have to do both, you know, the same notes on both hands. Um, but it's weird, like, with drumming, I can totally do different stuff. With guitar, it's just, like, the placement of my hand to get the note. It just hurts my wrist. It could, I don't know. I just get frustrated with it because it's just uncomfortable for me. Yeah, that's that's my thing. What about with accordion? Accordion is, uh, that one is the, probably one of the easiest instruments I've ever learned how to play because it's just like the piano. It's just way too heavy. Um, and like on the, the only thing you have to kind of learn on the accordion because there's all these buttons that are a certain set of keys. Um, and then there's like the keyboard aspect that's like the piano, the button one, you kind of have to learn what set of keys you're playing. Um, but there are kind of guides on there, but that's the only thing that you really have to learn about that instrument. Um, they very don't all easy. have pianos? Wait, no, no I they, they all, all had have buttons. They all have buttons and they all have like on one whole side of the, like, let me... For instance, the one that I have, I have one that's from 1983. It was my grandmother's. Um, she played it everywhere. She was mentored by the same guy that mentored uh, Johnny Cash's wife. Um, she wanted to be a musician so bad, but that changed. Um, but with her accordion, um, like the right side of it has all these buttons on it. Um, and then on the left side of it, in between, you know, the accordion thing, um, are like the piano keys. So you can either just play it, um, without the buttons and just use the keys, or you can incorporate both. Most people incorporate both because you get more harmonies out of it. Um, but the hardest part to learn about that will be those all those buttons because there's like um it depends i guess on the size of the accordion like i have a massive one so it has like a hundred and god knows how many buttons on the side um and like i said each one um well they're all in groups of three actually so each set of three are a different set of like a key that you're trying to do um but other than that, it's it's a very easy, beginner-friendly instrument. Um, 
Nothing that you just but said yeah. sounds beginner friendly. I, I, well, <laughs> I I'm really horrible. I'm really horrible at explaining things. I'm more of like a visual teacher learner, yeah. so like. It sounds way more complicated than it is, but it's like the easiest thing on the planet to learn. Like, I, um, when I first uh, decided to start playing it, I played a, I, for, I don't know the name of the song, but we heard it a lot as kids. It's a Mexican song. Um, I can't even think of it right now, <laughs> but it has accordion in it, and I just played That's those like keys that. That's like ninety-five percent of the songs. <laughs> Does yeah, not well, yeah, sound true. at all. But there's a, I know. There's like one in particular. I'm gonna try to find. Um, I'll try to find the the name of the song and I'll send it to you. But I learned how to. I I had that in my head like for a while, and I'm like, I need to pick up the accordion and just play this out to get it out of my system because it's just not gonna leave my brain. And I just grabbed the accordion one day, um, and I was like, How the fuck did my grandmother play this shit? Because it's heavy. It is so heavy. Was she a um, even with yeah, I mean, she did raise like seven boys or six boys and one girl on a farm. Um, God damn, that thing was heavy though. I'm like, how the hell? Because she played it for a very long time. Even as she got older, uh, she played that all the time. It was that in the piano. Um, but yeah, I just picked it up one day and I'm like, let me let me bang this out real quick with this stupid song. And then I did it. And I was like, all right, I know how to play accordion easy and that was it like for me uh the process of learning any instrument and i think anyone who knows like music notes can figure out a song on any instrument within minutes um and that's why i'm able to learn various instruments and have learned various instruments by myself because i know the keys i know how to figure out a song from it um but yeah rant over that's yeah that's uh kind of what i've understood as well is once you learn i guess how to read sheet music or read you notes. don't really have to learn how to read sheet music either like my grandmother was that's the one thing she could not do is read music um she just kind of like with me, if I'm learning how to, like when I was teaching myself piano, I kind of learned the, you know, how to read music. And I learned how to read music through the clarinet when I was in band. Um, but like when I started teaching myself other songs, I literally do it by ear. I just can listen to a song and play it as it's playing. And that's something that my grandmother did too, when she did piano and accordion like she never was able to read music um she just by ear which is pretty i always think that's a pretty cool trait to have um not to toot my own horn but um that's usually how i also learn how to play stuff is just through ear i just gotta listen to it like real quick and then i got it i wish i had that skill <laughs> i can uh, kind of do that not really, though. I usually have to at least at least see like I, because I have a hard time when it comes to like chords and stuff. Like, okay, that's a that's a major sixth suspended second chord or something like that, something weird like that. Like I can hear major and minors, but anything uh, any of the weird like adding extra notes to it, I'm, I'm I usually need a chord chart at least. 
I that was kind of the that was the impression that I had like going into learning the piano was you get a general idea of chords and mm -hmm. notes and then you can kind of apply you once you just figure out how to make that same sound with something else yeah like I remember one of the first few songs that I learned how to play um on piano was um oh my god um the Bee Gees Killing Me Softly or the original, I forget who sings it. And then there was a, um, uh, or the Fuji, sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm like, uh, the other one was a B, the other one was a Bee Gees song. Um, Jesus Christ. Um, hold on. What the hell is the name of this song? Um, the other song that I learned how to play was How Deep Is Your Love? And I used to play that on your dad's piano all the time. And then there would be times that I would pull out uh, a book, you know, all the different songs and all the notes and stuff. Um, and I, um, sometimes I would read the notes and play it, but other times if I knew what the song sounded like, I would just kind of sound it out in my head and play it that way. Um, but like those two songs that I mentioned, I learned just from sound and hearing and then just doing it um but yeah words of wisdom for someone starting out in your field whatever music drawing whatever you want to go with first you're gonna suck keep going <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um there is a particular segment of my old notebooks that I don't go into just because of, like, that's angsty 14-year-old boy problems. I just don't want to read that right now. <laughs> but Definitely, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but uh, anything that I've written, like, more recently, I guess, in my adult life, that is, I when I go back, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? And then it's, like, well, look, you were kind of new at this, so that's fine. Oh yeah, you're gonna suck. So keep going. I, I think I had phrased <laughs> that as, uh, you know, just keep doing it. Yeah. Doesn't matter how the first whatever comes out, because it's probably not gonna be great. You're gonna, it's gonna sound like you're a beginner. Yeah. So just keep. I had a drum. I had a drum teacher in high school. Like my high school drum instructor. Um, when I first, uh, when I first started trying to get down playing. Uh, playing a traditional traditional grip which is like totally different than anything else um i um i had a drum teacher who essentially just said everyone sucks until they don't when do you think that when do people cross cross that threshold um i think it's different for every person but i think uh, i think that threshold is more when you when you feel that you have the proficiency in that instrument or in, in that discipline, whatever it is, when you feel proficient enough that you can teach someone else. Huh. I was, uh, my thinking was if once you get to the point where you make something and you look at it and say, holy shit, somebody else needs to see this or hear this or read or listen to this. I could see that. Yeah. When you're confident enough to put your stuff into the world and you are not afraid of the judgment because you believe in it that much. 
but uh, that sure. that's something that I've always held up for other pretty much anything else. Like if you can't teach a, a kindergartner, you don't really understand it yourself. Sure. I don't know if that applies to playing the piano, but I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> I still don't play the piano great. I don't think I, I don't think I could teach it to a five year old. <laughs> Guitar though, I could I could teach guitar though. Like I'm too impatient with people to teach them anything. Um, it's like just do it yourself. How's a five-year-old gonna do that for themselves though? That's, that's kind of the. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I was well. No, I was seven when I started learning the piano and such. But I'm like, I did it by myself because um, I was, I guess, determined. But yeah, if I were to try to teach someone how to do it, I would really need patience because I, I don't know. I don't like. I I don't have any <laughs> when trying to teach people how to do stuff. I have. When you said that you taught yourself at seven immediately in my head was Chris Farley when he was playing that character the, like the dude that lives in the van down by the river by the river yeah <laughs> that was such a great skit yeah well Lottie freaking god <laughs> and uh words of wisdom for someone starting yeah do it just keep doing it just be like Nike and do it. Uh, if you, I don't know, feel that badly about it, then uh, you don't have to show anyone. Nobody has to know that you made crappy stuff or what you feel is crappy stuff. Oh, absolutely. That reminds me of a question that we had before. It was about, is there bad art? Um objectively i think so but um i think it's so subjective in nature that i don't really think there is i think it's any art's gonna be good to somebody yeah that was kind of the thinking and what we had both agreed on was like i i don't care if i don't like it i'm not gonna say it's bad just because i don't like it, it just means i it's not something that i i enjoy so whatever it's not bad necessarily it's bad for me but that i I think the oh, only sure. maybe like uh, we landed on objectively bad art is anything that's like that promotes like hateful feelings towards anyone anything that's made with the intention of doing that sure does using hateful symbols make art bad I think, uh, well, for me, for my personal opinions, yes. Or my personal taste, yes. Um, there's some people who would like it, who would think it's great, but it's not for me. I don't think it, I don't think it makes it particularly bad, but I think it's... Poor taste. Like, well, bad at, yeah, poor taste. It's not tasteful. Even in the context of having, a, having it to be not promoting hate speech or anything but reminding like using a having a swastika in a painting that is about the holocaust or something like that uh, I mean if it's in the context of showing you know the 
like the explicit evil that was uh, associated with those with those symbols I don't think so but if it's something like trying to glorify it yes what okay now this is we're just getting into the what if territory here but what there are people who legitimately still try to say this was a Buddhist or a Hindu symbol for fucking 2,000 years and I'm not gonna let the Nazis ruin it for me I say you're full of shit yeah <laughs> they stole that <laughs> they yeah. stole it they commandeered that symbol it's 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 no longer means what it you know, exclusively what it used to mean I think they uh, there's photos of I think there's a hockey team in the US that had a swastika like the old the legitimate pattern not the reversed angled one yeah I had because I had that conversation with somebody he had like a ring that had a bunch of designs on it a lot of different ones and then I saw I was like why like why do you have the swastika one like this He's, and then that's what he said was that like well that was a positive symbol for much longer than it has been negative well is there a point where it something was commandeered and used for bad things so much that it taints the use of the symbol again um I mean that's I think an easy, so that's an easy uh, example but like there's other ones there are others I'm sure yeah I think I think in that case yeah it's it absolutely does it absolutely does kind of overshadow that now if it was something like say 200 years from now three four five hundred years from now when um when Nazis and the Holocaust were a long distant memory um I think that might be a different story but if it's something like I think it's so fresh, yes, yeah, it's, it's too recent. That's yeah, that's yeah. The point. I know that a lot of people take the crescent and star to be a bad thing. Huh. Uh, I don't know if that if it does qualify though. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't see that as bad. I mean, because like it's a symbol for certain cultures or certain like for like certain countries and stuff it's for, but it's for islam it's a symbol of islam like yeah. the, like the cross for christianity but okay I, a lot of the uh terrorist cells use it because they're fundamentalists oh, okay oh. yeah oh i don't i don't see i don't see it as being bad only just because it's never been shown to me as like a as i know this only represents you know this only represents you know, terror cells. Yeah, no or terrorist organizations. No one else uses it but them. Right. Hmm. Um, I think, I think we're good. Unless you have any any questions you want to throw out. Not that I can think of. Um, just thanks for having me on. Thanks for chatting with me. It was good getting to talk with you guys. Lily, you have to do stuff. <laughs> what? Thank you for joining us. Yes. Uh. Yeah, we appreciate um, you being a listener as well as coming on today. Definitely. Um, I'll put I'll put the uh, all the outro shit. I'll cut that in right about here. All right, let's get the housekeeping shit out of the way. Uh, if you want to listen to more stuff from the wider Lux Media 
network family of shows and stuff, go to lvxmedia.net. Uh, got all kinds of different stuff for you to check out if you're interested. Uh, if you would like to comment or you have questions, uh, something that you want us to talk about, you can text me at 833-589-7637. Uh, it's anonymous. I, I, I don't know who you are unless you tell me. Um, you can call. It goes straight to voicemail. So, you know, you're not calling some... I'm not going to pick it up or, or whatever. Uh, so the number, 833-LUX-PODS. If you want to check us out on social media, the handles are LVXMediaNet everywhere. If you can't find it, we're not on it. If you could, interacting with the social post helps uh, a bit in trying to bring more visibility as an indirect consequence to the podcast. But what helps the most is a rating wherever you're listening. If you could hit me with a fiver, that would be much appreciated. If you have the time and if you <laughs> you have the strong opinion i would of course appreciate a review as well but uh if you're not you know if you're not feeling a fiber i would you got my number text me let me know let me know how i can do better and so parting words uh dustin let's have you go first uh wait no lily first dustin afterwards i want you to plug like whatever you want um for me parting words have a great week don't let the Debbie Downers get you down, and just stay creative. Don't let the Debbie Downers get you down. <laughs> I'm ADHDing so bad right now. Sorry, yes. I'm just like all over the place. <laughs> it, happens. it happens. Yeah. All right, Dustin, floor yeah, is yours. Do you want to share anything? I'm just saying, be good to each other, man. Be good to each other. Keep going. Keep doing. Keep doing what makes you happy. Do you have a, a band camp or something for your music? Um, I actually have a Spotify. I'm on well, all the major streaming platforms. Um, it's uh, under Funky Bunt Cake. Is where you can find the only stuff I have published so far. Funky Bunt Cake. Yes. All right, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Okay. Um, Sweet. We're going to exit with our millennial pantheon. If there's anybody I'm missing, please bring them up. Okay. Uh, so, Steve Irwin great teacher of being kind to animals and nature fred rogers being kind to other people your neighbors or otherwise lavar burton being uh being uh, curious in wanting and feeding your eager eagerness to learn and my personal favorite and i think most importantly is bob ross who reminded us to be kind to ourselves the song that's taking us out today is Winter Fields by City Girl. If you would like to hear more, go to lvx.at slash city. That's going to do it for this episode of Hard Shell Tacos. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening.